It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. We are back. And I'm not talking about WFO Radio. I'm talking about NHRA Drag Racing this weekend. Nitro Spring training out there at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. Over 30 NHRA teams, top fuel, funny car, pro stock. They're going to light them up. And they're going to test and get ready for the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals the following week. And then right back to Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park the following week. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. And this show, WFO Radio, is going to get you up to speed. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, is going to be joining us just seconds from now. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me at WFO Joe, Instagram, Twitter, and other places. But how cool is this? We're finally there. It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about weeks and months and the winter break and the new year and various uh, just things happening. And now we're talking about actual NHRA Camping World Series drag racing. Are you as excited as I am? That is the question. I hope you are. So many great things to talk about here today. We'll take some of your questions, your comments, your thoughts. Had Bruno Massel. On yesterday, the 2021 Lucas Oil Competition Eliminator World Champion. Bruno was great. If you didn't see it, it's up on our YouTube channel. It's up on our website, WFORadio.com. And if you had subscribed and clicked the bell, you'd know all about it. Let me tell you about the people who genuinely make it possible for me to do this and speak to racers and race fans in this community that we have built in the WFO universe and uh, welcome our new sponsors, people coming on in 2022. To reach you, the WFO universe, knowing that many of you are bracket racers, sportsman racers, dot .90 racers, and I'm talking about FTIperformance.com, transmissions, torque converters for, obviously, sportsman drag racing cars, big money bracket race cars. They've won the million several times, big money bracket hits all around the country on any given weekend, dot .90, talking about U.S. Nationals winners like Troy Williams Jr., who works there. Obviously, it was very funny. Uh, Troy was the first person who told me about FTI. And here we are years later. They are an industry leader. But Kenny Underwood and LaBoose and the Folk family and countless others. And once we actually start racing, when FTI performance transmissions win, you'll know right here on WFO Radio. If you're an aspiring bracket racer, if you're looking to make that first purchase of a torque converter or transmission, at very least, Check out their website, ftiperformance.com. Give them a call and find out more because uh, you can't beat the results. And the same is true for so many of our WFO radio sponsors like Total Seal Piston Rings. Matt Hartford, Keith Jones, Lake Speed Jr. These guys are working very hard. Hartford's going to be at the test, actually. It makes sense, right? He's from Arizona. But they're gunning for a championship here in 2022. Uh, So many of the cars in the pit area run Total Seal Piston Rings, but it's why. That's the reason we do Hidden Horsepower. That's the reason we tell you about those guys each week in their website, uh, TotalSeal.com, because there is a why. They don't just sell piston rings. They sell piston rings that are better for actual reasons. And you can learn about it, TotalSeal.com. Give Keith Jones a call. They always say, make them your first call, not your last call. Don't think of piston rings as an afterthought. Think of it as a primary thought. But who's building all this stuff? That's the question. Samtech.edu has got the next generation of engine builders and machinists, whether you want a, uh, a block program or cylinder head programs, or you want to learn how to tune 
Motorsport, EFI, all those programs are evolving and advancing over the years. Sam Tech can get you started off right, and they're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. What's great about it, Judson Massengill started it. Linda actually made it happen. She's kind of the muscle behind the operation, and Brian works there. All the cars you see with Sam Tech on the side, those are the curriculum. They You work on them. It's not a sponsorship like, hey, let us put your our logo on the side of your car. Those are the cars the students work on. And then who goes on to work at Boeing? Who goes on to work at SpaceX? Who goes on to use one of their connections in the industry? Samtech.edu. Give them a call. Call Brian. Get him on the horn and ask him some questions. And again, approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Driving dragsters. Simple as this. Fun experience for you and your people. Is it a bachelor party? Is it a sales team? Are these your best clients and you want to show them what a real good time is? That doesn't matter. What matters is you'll be going and hanging out with Frank at a track near you. Check the schedule at frankholly.com. Courses start at $399. What a deal. The Dragster Adventure. And maybe you want to become a top alcohol funny car racer or you're a bracket racer who has never won and you're wondering like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Go see Frank. This guy, he helps the best in the business. He can help you. And then there's Marvin Rodak, who is, he helps me every day with a little coffee roasted fresh per my order. Uh, we were talking about it on the Ignition Show yesterday, and the Ignition Show was a whole lot of fun. And many of our listeners, like, offered their own personal credibility to the Rodak's experience. It's great coffee, all kinds of blends, different types. Uh, but the journey starts with the WFO radio blend. Have that be your first pound of coffee that you buy. And then Marvin will put you on the journey like I have been. And I've decided I got to start journaling, right? I like, which was the one that I loved? Oh my gosh, I got to start. I got to like keep a log, logbook <laughs> for my favorite coffees. Believe it or not, there's so many. Rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com, 817-924-6821. Call Marvin at Rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com. Later on in the show, we'll tell you about the Patreons. But right now, we're going to my future destination this weekend, not all the way to Tucson, but Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. This man will be driving there, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. What's up, Alan? Hey, Joe. It's a uh, absolutely beautiful day here in Arizona, and I'm looking forward to somebody starting up a nitro car soon, really soon. Me too, man. Me too. Honestly, uh, the more, and you've spent 30 years in the sport doing this and the routine of it, right? And I'm feeling the vibe of the routine. Uh, I miss it. I miss the sounds. I miss the smells, the, just everything that you get at the racetrack. But as we always say, the most important thing, all the people, they're getting ready to go after it again. And it all starts this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, open to the public if you have a ticket to the Arizona Nationals. So why wouldn't somebody get a ticket and go out and enjoy a little testing? Well, if you're a hardcore fan, it's definitely something that you want to do. Uh, if you're a casual fan, uh, it's kind of a maybe. You know, it's, it's certainly a more laid back atmosphere if you're a casual fan. If you want to go out, and you know, the, not going to be nearly as big a crowd there as far as getting autographs or getting up close to the cars. But you also have to realize it's a test session. So you're not going to have necessarily constant action on the racetrack because they're not going to have all the sportsman cars there. They're not going to have all the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series there. And at a test session, often the, the goal isn't to go out there and run low ET. Uh, most of the passes will be singles. Uh, a lot of the passes will be early shut off if somebody's working on, you know, clutch stuff or this or that. Uh, maybe their plan is to only go out there and go 600 feet. So for a hardcore fan, if you understand what you're going to, 
then testing is a real treat. Uh, for a casual fan, there's, you know, I've heard a lot of people over the years that have gone out to a test test and then come back and go, oh, well, you know, only three of the cars even went 320 miles an hour. But it's kind of like if you went to, you know, a spring training baseball game, yes, it's still a baseball game, but there's not the intensity of getting out there and trying to win. And there's not, uh, you know, they're just, uh, it's not quite the same atmosphere. If you went and watched a warm up for the, if you went and watched a team's warm up for the Super Bowl and then went, well, that's boring, that, that's not football. That's warming up to play football. And that's what this is. It's not a race. It is a warm-up getting ready to go racing. So uh, I'll be there basically doing homework for uh, for the new season. You know, I uh, kind of pride myself on being on top of who's doing what and what's going on in the new technology and that kind of thing. And this is a place where I can go spend 20 or 30 minutes in a crew chief's lounge when he's not under the gun to get ready for the next round of competition, when he doesn't have a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, so that's, you know, strictly the reason I'm going. I have... I have really no NHRA reason to be there at all this weekend. I'm not working, but I'm going up there doing preparation and getting ready to go to work the following week out in Pomona. And I'm really looking forward to that. No, it is. It's a full-time job. Obviously I'm flying in from uh, Florida to go in, in the same deal, to get ahead of the stories, to find out who's where, to look people in the eye, to say, oh man, and it could be a clutch guy, right? We move from one team to another team and it's like, okay, you're here. And just kind of like bring the muscle memory back and to tell the story to fans around the world on a consistent basis, if they are running, if there's 30 NHRA camping world teams somewhere, uh, I think it makes sense to go. And uh, I'm crediting the WFO Patreons, honestly, who are membership VIP listeners, and they, uh, they, they're they sending me to this. And thank you, Patreons, for sending me to this. So we're opening it up to questions today. There's a lot to talk about. But this Michael has been asking this question in our feed at just the wrong times for the past couple of weeks, Alan, you know, like the question comes in right after we started talking about something else. So I just want to get to his question real quick. He wants to know this from you. How do you set timing with two mags? That's his question. And he, Mike, I'm sorry that I haven't got this to Alan, like in each of the last couple of weeks that you, it's just the timing has been bad. Here it is. Start of the show, Alan. Well, you set the timing with a Magneto exactly like you would set timing on anything else with the engine idling, with the timing light hooked onto the number one, uh, spark plug wire. You shoot the timing light at the balancer, or at there's not a balancer, but at the uh, at the timing ring down on the crankshaft, and you set the mag. Then you simply switch over to the other mag, and you set the timing on that. And a question that comes up fairly regularly, and maybe this is what he meant: they are both synced to fire at exactly the same time. They're not synced to fire, you know, two degrees apart or four degrees apart or anything like that. They are both synced to fire at exactly the same time. But you set it, uh, you know, just like you would set, just like. Hold on. Oh, here it is. We got an example. This is it. It's going to be a Reinhardt Reveals. You know this guy's going to have a YouTube channel real soon, and we're going to promote the heck out of it. What's up, Fabrizi? How you doing out there? Yeah, I was just telling someone this morning, like our audience is a bunch of celebrities. We got crew chiefs and car chiefs and superstars, and here Tim Fabrizi is on it. Good luck, Tim. And Tra Travis is out there. What's up, Travis? Hopefully you're doing uh, really well out there. Sportsman racer. Monica. Happy Tuesday, Joe and Alan. Blake, hopefully still going. Blake, are you still going to your first ever Lucas Oil Winter Nationals? And here's Alan. He's back. Okay. So you take your timing light. By the way, is Caleb watching? Um, not. He has not commented just yet. I just oh, want to make sure he sees that. Yeah, look at that. Okay. <laughs> he, he bagged on me for wearing the wrong shirt the other day. But uh, you Product take your timing light. Baby. You hook Product it onto the number one. You, yes. You point your timing light down at the at the timing at the degree wheel down on the crankshaft. They don't actually have a harmonic balancer on a top fuel car, but you point it down on the degree wheel. 
then you turn the distributor until you get the timing where you want. You lock it up, you unhook from one distributor, you hook it onto the other one, you turn it, you get it, and you lock it down. It's as simple as that. And if you watch very closely when they fire up the cars, they don't necessarily do it every time, but they almost always do it like first warm up of the day. There will be a crewman standing next to the car that has a little box in his hand. It's really not a whole lot bigger than that. It's a little thicker, but uh, that's got a switch on it that'll be plugged in. And when they start the car up, the crewman will go flip, flip. And what they're doing is turning off a magneto because you want to make sure that both mags are firing at full power. And in essence, if you flip it and kill mag number one and the engine blubbers, then you know that magneto number two is not firing at full power and you need to do something about that. Uh, if you flip it to magneto number one and it dies, you do not want to flip the switch back because uh -huh. obviously it's a nitro car. It's pumping the engine full of fuel. Now, having said that, uh, I worked on a car. This goes 100 years ago when I was, uh, the Colettas were running a third car out at Englishtown, and I wasn't working the event that weekend, so I went and actually worked for Team Coletta and worked on the car, and we were warming the thing up, and the guy flipped the switch, and it died, and he flipped it back. And, I mean, we're diving under the trailer because we all know what could happen. Well, nothing happened. The thing just went da da da, da and started running again. So, But uh, it was really funny watching guys run over from the other trailers going, you didn't really do that, did you? But uh, anyway, to answer the question, you know, with me, right? Everything's a long story. To yes. answer the question, you set the timing with twin magnetos one at a time, and you want them synced exactly at the same time. You do not separate them by a couple of three degrees. Thank you very much for answering that question for Michael. And we got we got to talk about Alan Johnson. That's real now. But one more thing, a buddy of ours, uh, Pete Lanciers, who runs in, uh, you know, stock and super stock. And he had an incident and texted me the pictures, which means I, I, he wants me to show the pictures. Ah, what a nightmare. Tore one up, down in the lights, rolled. But most what's most important, Pete is on our feed and he's texting us and uh and he's gonna work he says that this old sailor is not gonna quit he's gonna get that car back on the racetrack this year uh terrible to see but pete glad you are you're you know chatting with us here today yeah the most important thing is like he said the car builder did a great job so that he was able to get out of it basically with a scratch uh and you know, that car looks to me like it'll fix uh, he also shared with me that he is looking to see if he can borrow something, do something. He's entered into the Winter Nationals and very much wants to go out there and kick off the season at Pomona. He's a California racer, and, you know, you certainly don't want to miss out on your home track. So hopefully Pete will be able to find something to drive next weekend, and hopefully also that uh, he'll be able to get that thing back on track. But the most important thing, he's okay, and the rest of it will fix. And there's that's a perfect idea. Like uh, uh, we do a parts call sometimes, like somebody needs something like, hey, we need a full car and ride for Pete out at the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals. Anybody got a, you know, a stalker available in the uh, in the trailer? They might. Somebody yeah. probably does, but uh, I'm sure he has already reached out through, you know, the, the network that is there are a couple of websites that are, are uh, chat rooms and stuff that are donated, uh, dedicated strictly to. Uh, sportsman racers and i'm sure that the word has already gone out uh, around the country and if somebody's got a car that uh, hopefully we'll see pete out there even if it won't be in his old familiar ride at least he'll still get a chance to come out and, and compete at auto club raceway fabrizi's so cold up there in indiana can't wait to get to wild horse everybody <laughs> <laughs> he's cold i've seen the pictures man i don't want to it was cold place. here yesterday too Pete. it was only like 66 oh, i mean okay. the, the yeah. kids were all bundled up at the bus stop it was awful you should have seen it uh, it is supposed to be, at least in Tucson, I assume Phoenix is the same, but it's supposed to be like in the low to mid 70s for the next few days. So it uh, should be perfect weather for testing. And I think it's only fair. You know, I went to the NASCAR 
just a couple of weeks ago. Perfect weather out there at Phoenix Raceway for the NASCAR test. And it's only fair that if Mother Nature is going to give NASCAR good weather, she should give us good weather also. Absolutely, Mom Nature. Come on now. All right, we got some Camping World stuff to talk about, and we're going to get to it. But if you have a question, throw it up there in the comments section as we are getting ready for Nitro Spring Training, followed by the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals. But Race Guitar is uh, one of our valuable listeners. I'm trying to get his comment up there. So many comments coming in. Uh, is there a reason that Pro Stock only uses traditional undercar rear-facing headers instead of the newer Fender Exit or Zoom style, you know, coming out right behind the rear tire? Is there performance left on the table? Table, uh in that and i don't know i think if it was performance left on the table that pro stock would already be doing it but you got any idea about that the headers are optimized in pro stock and if there was a better way they would do the better way uh you know it's it's interesting because the tube length on a pro stock car is actually a little bit longer than it is on most of the mountain motor stuff and so you don't if you stuck it straight out the side of the fender i don't believe you'd be able to get optimum tube length for your headers so uh that is a very very big tuning part of a pro stock car. And if there was a better way to do it, they'd be doing it. They are not leaving anything on the table by having the headers under the car instead of out the vendors. And I, is that something that I took special interest in last year, listening to the sounds, you know, in the end, they're all DRCE comp, you know, competition engines. And, and this one sounds different than this one sounds different than this one. Uh, HG, you know, even the elite cars and the KB cars within the organization, there's a different, tone a different sound uh to each of them and it's pretty amazing how and that's got to be you know that's got to be headers there's probably a lot that makes a car sound differently than one another but they don't all sound the same even if they are all the same well the elite guys about half of their engines are actually reverse rotation so that makes them sound different oh okay thanks <laughs> you're starting rumors now that'll light up the, the, I, I heard reinhardt say that's a joke uh, but there are a lot of different types of headers. There are, you know, the conventional header that's four into one. There are tri-y headers. Uh, some of them have different megaphone on the end of them. And it's, it was interesting to me, and the technology certainly has moved along quite a bit since I was there. But when I was working in the shop and doing the pro stock stuff down with David Nickens, we had engines that the tri-y header would make four or five more horsepower on that engine. And if you swapped headers, the engine would lose power. So you put a different engine on the dyno and you put a tri-y header on it and it was 10 horsepower down and you put a conventional header on it and it was fine. And one of the other things that happens in pro stock that doesn't happen so much in, in streetcar stuff, the firing order has a big deal to do with the headers uh, and they swap firing orders. I mean, the two seven swap is so standard now, you know, the, the old one, eight, four, three, six, five, seven, two. Now um, it's, you know, one, eight, seven, three, six, five, four, two, four, seven swap, not two, seven. Uh, and it's, it's gotten so ingrained in me that if I'm working on a stock small block Chevy now, I have to tell myself, no, seven goes here and four goes here and not the other way around. But they also have like double swap cams where you'll switch two other cylinders. And it's really a fact, a matter of trying to get the, the hurricane and the, and the intake manifold to work as smoothly as possible for even distribution to all the cylinders. And then the headers have to match that, especially a tri-wide. If you've got a tri-wide header and you've swapped the firing order because you want the tubes to fire here and then here and then here and then here, not here, 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 uh, just the way the pulses come out uh, through, the, especially the tri-wise and through the collectors. So there's a lot of science to it. Very, very interesting. Uh, Kev is out there. It's his birthday. Can you sing me happy birthday for my 30th birthday, which is today? I know Alan doesn't do shout outs unless it's on the back of a pro stock car, which it is not. 
you, Kev, Kev from the UK, but I'll say happy birthday to you. I mean, happy 30th. It's all downhill from here, but it's over. I will certainly say happy birthday. You do not want me to sing. Just trust me on this. You know, um, if it's your birthday, uh, go to Applebee's or go to Hooters and they will be more than happy to sing to you. You do not want me to sing. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. I don't Someone. know. Do they have Hooters in the UK? That's uh, a good question. Come on, you Kev. What do you got over there? They got like fish and chips, something. Uh, okay, someone is rolling towards Chandler. I would imagine that is uh, one of the Nitro teams, like heading that way. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But that's the whole thing about how exciting. And Kev just wants John Force to win a championship for his birthday uh, this year in advance. Uh, do they have five gears in reverse then? Ha ha. That's the joke about rotation <laughs> boosted or nitrous engines usually get the most gain i think talking about headers there uh let's see uh pete thanks guys you can bet i'm working on it 24 7 and uh happy birthday come on alan he wants you to sing don't do it don't do it all right let's talk a little bit about the alan johnson story which is now real right it wasn't real and now the release is out and it's happening and he's going to Coletta motorsports and one of the big stories in any motorsport was, you know, Dale Earnhardt hadn't won the Daytona 500, that kind of things. You know, Ron Caps had never won the championship. The Doug Coletta is the greatest driver to have yet won the championship is something that was discussed a lot. And now I think it kind of calmed down because people love Doug and they, they don't want to pile on with something just incessantly over and over again. Well, that team has made a big move and brought over, the, you know, what many consider to be the greatest crew chief in top fuel ever, Alan Johnson, and his team. Part of the announcement was that Jason McCullough has left Capco and will be going to Coletta Motorsports as part of the deal. So, you know, an arch rival may be slightly weakened by this deal, and they're going to pursue a championship. I'm sorry, to be fair, um, McCullough was on Billy's car. Yeah. But not on Steve's car. That's so true. That's, that's, when, that's true. But there's a brain trust. When, when, they, when they backed up and made the announcement last year, the Capco boys, that Billy's car would not be running uh, the full season. And as I understand it, all the guys on Billy's team were told, um, if you've got a better offer, please take it. Uh, if you are available and we decide to run the car and you want to come work for us for a week or two, we would love to have you back. But they weren't going to lock anybody in if there was an opportunity out there. And so Jake was able to to get reunited with Alan and go up to work on the Coletta's car. I think that, you know, Doug has yeah, that's, that's been so close so many years. He's finished second, what, four times or five times, had his heart broken a couple of times. Of course, he was on the receiving end of the run from Tony Schumacher back then. But, uh, you know, the Connie has made the commitment now that, look, you know, nobody knows how much longer Doug is going to want to do this. He's been doing it for, what, 25 years or 28 years and wants to win the championship and believes that this is going to give him the best chance to do it. And it would be hard to argue with that. You know, as you said, you could certainly make the argument that Allen is the best top fuel crew chief in the history of the sport. And if you want to judge by race wins or championship wins, or this, that's a pretty strong argument. And Doug Coletta, there's nobody in the pits that thinks Doug Coletta can't drive the car. And one of the reasons that people like him is because he's all business. He's not going to mess with you on the starting line. He's not going to talk any trash. He's not going to, he's going to get in the car. He's going to do his job. And then he's going to go back and get ready for the next round. And, you know, he doesn't have an enemy in the pits. Everybody out there likes and respects Doug Coletta. 
And he looks like right now they have all the tools in place. You know, Brian Houston has been up there working on the car for the past couple of months, as I understand it. And that they should, I look forward to Doug having his best chance maybe ever to win the championship this year. But as I've said many times before, until somebody shows me, shows me that they can beat Steve Torrance on a regular basis, I still think he's the favorite. I agree. Well, you win four championships in a world in a row in a, really a dominating fashion. You're the favorite. That's it forever until someone, uh, like you said, can show it. And no one has. No one has over this four year, really five year run. Steve lost that first championship, but uh, he was dominant throughout that season. and just not learned how to win at that point. But now he does. Well, and- he, you know, he crashed the car in Dallas and never recovered from that. So. Yeah. That was kind of an anomaly, and and that was it was an interesting thing that you know learning from the mistake, because if you remember it, I don't know how many, especially casual fans remember this, but the next year, during the middle of the season, during the Western Swing, they drug their backup car out of the trailer, and they went out and ran it for three events or four events because they wanted to get comfortable with it. They wanted it just in case we have to do this again. We want to have a proven backup car coming out of the trailer ready to race, not a brand new backup car that it may take us a couple of runs to get a handle on. So uh, it was a learning experience. And, you know, that year, Brittany was able to win the championship, by the way, with Alan Johnson as the tuner. So, uh, and I really, I'm really looking forward to Pomona because something about Pomona, Alan Johnson has always had a little extra magic touch at Pomona. And if they go to Phoenix and test well, and I guarantee you, they're going to be going into Pomona with a pretty positive feeling about, you know, the team, the year, and in particular getting started at that first race. Absolutely. Everybody heading to the test Monday morning racers in Oklahoma. Now he's heading that way. He's, I don't know. He's on the side of the road. He's hitchhiking. He's got his sack with, and I don't know what he's got, but he's on his way out there. Everybody's out there. This guy, uh, Facebook user who we would see exactly who he was. If he was watching on WFO radio TV's YouTube channel, will, will you guys be at testing? Yes, we will. We'll be at testing. It's going to be great. Uh, didn't the team uh, stay at scrappers and only the crew chiefs moves to Coletta. And that, that's an important note. Um, guys did stay at scrappers. Rob Flynn is now the crew chief at scrappers. I have spoken with Mike and some guys, you know, didn't want to move to Michigan and some guys just love Mike Salinas. And that is an interesting story that Mike, you know, like people loved working for Mike and they made a decision to stay with Mike. Others went with Alan. And uh, that's kind of interesting. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to the test, right? I want to see who's where and understand what do you know about that, Alan? Well, just basically what you said, that uh, as I understand it, Brian and Alan went to Coletta's and most of the rest of the team, they all lived in Indy, right? They've got family in Indy, kids going to school in Indy. They've got lives in Indy and didn't want to pack up and move to Michigan, which I completely understand. Now, one of the things that Alan has done over the years, and this goes back to his army days, is that when he has made a move, his entire team has come with him. But those teams have always been based in Indianapolis. You know, Don Schumacher Racing was based in Indianapolis. Even though Alan doesn't live there, Alan flies in. But the guys that work on the car day in and day out and take care of the stuff all lived in Indy. When Alan started Alanabi Racing, almost everybody from the Army team went with him. But they were still in Indy. His shop was literally right down the street. So, you know, your drive to work is a mile different or half a mile different. But everybody's still in Indy. When Alan went over there to Forces to work with Brittany, the team was all still in Indy. Uh, and, you know, even Mike Salinas's team, the Scrappers team, was based in Indy. They had a shop in Indy. That's where the car lived. That's where the guys lived. And Coletta, 
he has a shop in Michigan. So if you're going to be a day-to-day employee working on Coletta's car, you can't live in India to do that. And a number of the guys didn't want to uproot, you know, their families and, and, and move to Michigan, which is understandable. Now, the one thing some people may think, well, then there's a little bit of a question mark because, you know, okay, here comes Alan, but he doesn't have his team. Everybody that works at Coletta Motorsports has been there a long time. Everybody that's there is a veteran. It's not like Alan's going to have to go in there and train guys and teach guys. And, you know, it's not like there's a bunch of guys that, you know, it's not like, you know, Joe and Alan work there. And, you know, we come in and like, yo, oh, is that head torqued? Ah, it's tight enough. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah, I yeah. think I put spark plugs in, but let's see what happens. That's not the case. You cannot find a more professional team in motorsports than Coletta has. And so with, with Ryan Houston being there, hands-on every day, kind of directing things in the shop and then Alan coming in, uh, they're going to be as good as any team out there. And obviously they, you know, one goal in mind, Connie did not hire Alan to go out and win three races and finish third. He hired Alan to win the championship. And that's anything that anything other than that, I believe that team is going to call the season disappointing. I agree. Kind of, well, kind of like the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, right? They like, they built a team short term, went out, got a bunch of free agents, got everybody in there to try to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And they're going to try to do that this weekend. Kind of a similar move, right? Like, uh, throw everything that you can at, uh, a season or two and try to accomplish the goal that has been so elusive. I did see that Kurt Elliott was name checked in the press release and, uh, you know, some guys staying on there. Kurt's a smart guy and, uh, just very interesting, right? Like what, can Alan Johnson do? And to be, you know, working with Brittany, there was driver training involved. Working with Mike, there was driver training involved. There's no driver training involved with Doug Coletta. So I wonder, you know, is Alan going to be able to race much differently than he has over the past couple of years? And that's not disrespect to anyone. It's just a statement of where a person is in the learning curve to have this veteran driver whose, you know, nickname has been smoothed by so many drivers out there. Um, I can't wait to see what they're capable of. For me, that's one of the top stories. Yeah, and, and they're, they're certainly capable of great things. It's just a matter of waiting to see whether or not they can accomplish everything that they have set out on their to-do list. And, I, you know, that team is not lacking in anything. And, you know, Doug driving the race car is not a question at all. Now, will Allen make a little adjustment here, a little adjustment there to what Doug does in the race car? That's certainly possible because one of the keys to being successful in a nitro operation is consistency. You, know, you can't do a 300-foot burnout one time and a 100-foot burnout the next time and expect everything to be the same. You can't back up at 40 miles an hour one time and 20 miles an hour one time and expect everything. You have to do it all the same. Now, does Doug struggle in any of those areas? Not that I've seen. But there may still be some things where Alan says, hey, I need you to change this a little bit. I need you to make a little tweak to this uh, in order to get the car so that when it's at the starting line, it is exactly as Alan wants it. We're talking engine temperature, clutch temperature, fuel mixture, all of that kind of stuff that the driver has to take care of during the burnout process to make sure that the car is as consistent as possible when it's staged up. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're going to be uh, finding out soon enough with the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals uh, not far off. Here's one from Eddie. Afternoon, guys. He's on YouTube now. And look, we can see Eddie just like that. Eddie, I met him. Uh, where did I meet him? At the finals. He's got a restaurant. He's out in Charlotte. He wants me to go. The, the bread is amazing. Yeah, let's plan on it, Eddie. But he wants to think, how do you think that Antron and Ron Caps are going to do? Do you think they'll be contenders? Will Could they have been a contender, Alan? I know what I think. Uh, but what do you think? I think they're going to be just as good as they were. 
nothing has changed other than the name on you know the name on the front of the check i guess because they bought their cars both of them kept their teams intact both of them have their same crew chiefs they are still working out of don schumacher's shop uh they are simply now independent entities instead of being part of the big team but uh, i don't expect either one of them to miss a step you know ron won the championship last year and i think he's going to be a contender again this year i think that antron is looking forward to getting back to being a contender and i think there might be a little head scratching going on over there you know obviously they were very strong when brian karate was there originally they won three championships they were contenders every year when brian left made the move to go over to John Force Racing and work with Brittany for a couple of years or with John for a couple of years, uh, the team fell off a little bit. And, you know, when you lose a team member and leader that strong, you expect there to be a little bit of a growing pain there. You know, you expect to, to back up a little bit. When Brian Karate came back, I think everybody just expected, you know, okay, well, Pencil Antron in, right? He's going to be in the top two or three going into Pomona for the championship. And they haven't quite achieved that level of success yet. So I think Antron's team is looking to uh, build on what they've done in the past. And I think Ron Cap's team is looking at like, just, just keep doing what we're doing because it worked fine last year. Yeah. World champion, Ron Cap's two-time champ, now team owner, very exciting time for both of those guys. And let's be straightforward. There are people who think they're, you know, they might not make it as owners, right? They're taking a leap and uh, I'm rooting for them. I want them to make it. I want them to succeed, to expand and uh, it's going to be great. Caps announced with Brian a little bit earlier um, that they will have a major announcement after Gainesville. A lot of people were talking about like a major announcement and that their uh, pit will be right where they normally are on the other side of the DSR hospitality. So anyone looking for Caps at the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals, you know right where to find him, right where he's always been for the last decade and a half or so. Good news can for we, Ron Caps. Can we spill the beans on the, on the, the big announcement? announcement? Just ruin yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead, Reinhardt. I got your back. Wait, let me, let me just check with Ron here real quick. We're going to solo you out here just so I'm not on the camera when you ruin it all. There we go. Everybody needs to share the show right now in case Reinhardt really does this. Okay, I got the okay. Um, Ron is going to announce that they are expanding the team. It's going to be a two-car team. They're going to add a top fuel team. Uh, Joe's driving and I'm tuning. That's right. We've been threatening this for years now, and I finally get my shot. It was my two-race defeat to flying Ryan Ayler that put it over the top, and now I get to drive a nitro car. Nobody believes. Actually, that. to be honest with you, yeah. I kind of had my eye on another driver. Yeah. But last week when you went rounds, yeah, had the perfect light and had that's what told me, you know what? I can train Joe. I think we could I think we can make this work. So that's gonna be the announcement. Uh Ron Caps Motorsports expanding, adding a top fuel car. Uh, I'm tuning, Joe's driving. You know, you 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 say that, but that really meant a lot to me. Like, here I am, once upon a time, I felt like I was a pretty good racer. I won races. Like, how was I doing that? I must have been pretty good, right? And here I start doing these little videos and, and showing people how bad I stink. Like, look at this guy. <laughs> He's the worst. And finally, I strung three rounds together where I had the better light each round, and I went down and did the right thing. It meant so much to me. Thank goodness. And now I have this gig. Caps will not be disappointed. We're going to do great. We're going to do great. Let's see. Well, he better not be disappointed because, you know, He'll fire us both. Yeah. Well, I heard he's got a really big stockpile of parts. So we're just going to try to go through some of that. All right. Um, big question. Is predictions and breakout teams coming and uh, rookie of the year, all of that stuff? Uh, there's just so much going on. I want to I want to hold off before the Winter Nationals, before I make those kind of predictions. Let us get the test in. And 
think about what's going on and we'll have uh, more information next week. A reason to listen to the show next week. I am going to hold off on any talk about rookie of the year until after Gainesville. And why, until, why do you say until the motorcycles have been on the racetrack and you know, everybody who's going to be out there contending, then I don't think it's, uh, you know, I just, I don't think that without all having all the information that you can, you know, make the call. We, we know some of the names that are going to be out there competing, but as far as, you know, okay, who's looking good and who do you think really has a shot? And who, I don't think that it, in my mind, anyway, I'm not going to make any kind of a call on that until I have seen everybody in competition. And that won't happen until the motorcycles hit the racetrack in Gainesville. So, uh, you know, speculation certainly will start at the first qualifying session in Pomona, but I don't think you can really, I don't think you can really analyze all the facts until you've seen everybody on track at least once. Speaking of Gainesville, Josh Hart has recently announced he's doing a contest. People can win like airfare. You can find out more information on his social media, but it goes on for like the next couple of days. It's going on right now. Josh, a breakout superstar last year, came up a little bit short in that rookie of the year just because Dallas Glenn uh, (laughs) was so amazing at the end of the year and factored into the championship, et cetera, and so on. But you definitely want to catch up with Josh Hart because he can get you to the Gator Nationals if you win the contest that they have posted. That's kind of cool. And uh, speaking of Dallas Glenn, we might have the next Dallas Glenn Uh, In pro stock starting this weekend, I heard yesterday, and it has since been confirmed that John Serbone is going to run Kenny Delco's second pro stock car. And what is the uh, what is the the common thread between the two? I was texting with him. I'm like, he's, you know, a hardworking guy who loves drag racing and is behind the scenes, who's getting a shot to drive in the big show, right? Like, you're the old Dallas Glenn, John. Like, he's the old Dallas Glenn. Because, you know, John's got to be 40-something. But he's he's a really, he's won in Factory Showdown. He's won in everything he's done. He's just kind of a quiet person from the Northeast who lets his driving do the talking. I'm going to be watching him in that second Delco car because he can he can leave on time. And he can row the gears. It'll be different in a pro stalker, clearly, but uh, I'll be watching him. Just exciting to see people get those opportunities. I think I'd make him the old Aaron Stanfield. Oh, even better. He's the old Aaron Stanfield. You know, coming from Factory Stock Showdown, which, by the way, Constant Aviation, if you didn't see, and I know some of the fans maybe didn't catch it, has renewed their sponsorship. So it's going to be great to have the Constant Aviation folks, David Davies and everybody, back on board with uh, Factory Stock Showdown. Welcome back. But uh, that's an interesting two-car combination, and I really hope that John is going to continue to run his factory stock showdown effort uh, in conjunction with the pro stock. You know, it has been proven that you can do both at a very high level. And again, ask Aaron Stanfield. Ask Aaron Stanfield, exactly. Eddie saying thanks very much. Fabrizi out there wants to know your opinion of Tobler teaming up with uh, Joe Barlam on Austin's Digger. And uh, we talked about it a couple of days ago. I think that it's one of the mo- more exciting matchups because of that. Uh, we had Austin on the show. It's like he's racing with his family, right? Like his brother came in and redesigned the roll cage. They did a bunch of stuff. Their chemistry is not going to be a problem on that team. Put it that way. No, I don't think so. And, you know, anybody who has an opportunity to lean on Ron Tobler for his knowledge and experience that doesn't take advantage of it is missing a bet. And, and I think 
it's it's interesting that they were able to put this position together because you know ron all the years on the road all the years out and you know working in the shop every day and he's you know he's not getting any younger and he has deserved an opportunity to not have to work so hard if he doesn't want to so that's a big part of the reason that he stepped away and i think when the opportunity came to fly in to be there at the races to offer his input to be there you know just to kind of oversee and help out and and you know, work as part of the brain trust, but not have to be at the shop every morning at eight o'clock, not have to, you know, spend so much time worried about the car and getting here and the logistics and do we have enough parts and do all of that stuff has been taken away. All he has to do now is fly in and in essence, be a consultant. I know it's co-crew chief, but in essence, he's coming in to add his expertise and be a consultant. Uh, and like I said, anybody that has an opportunity to listen to and learn from Ron that doesn't take it uh, is foolish to pass that up. I think it's going to be great. You know, he and Joe Barlam have got a history. So, again, they're not going to have to take a lot of time to, like, you know, figure out chemistry and how do we work together and how do we communicate. Uh, I think it's going to I think it's going to strengthen the team. I, I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, I want Joe on the show. So, Fabrizi, go make it happen for me, bud. Tell Barlam he needs to come on the show. He's kind of a quiet guy, too, but not really. Just, yeah, I know, when the mic is in your you, head. You haven't seen him in the bar after the golf tournament. Right. That's the thing. Like only when official <laughs> media communications are happening. Uh, otherwise, Joe is great. Scott says, I never recall this much change in all the pro classes. It's been nonstop news uh, since the end of the season. Nothing but excitement for 2022. I'm feeling that. Okay. Uh, watching Tony Stewart in the booth at the Bush Clash. Watching yeah, I've had him, enough of him. I'm sure you have. But. I thought he did a great job and I'm thinking, man, this guy's coming drag racing. There's a lot of great stuff. Pep boys coming back to drag racing, like with the shootout race and uh, Maple Grove. Like I'm looking for tires over the past couple of months. And one of the places that I keep getting ending up back at that actually had the products that I was looking for was Pep boys. Like, oh, my God, they got a speed shop. That's right. They're kind of into this. And now they're back involved with NHRA drag racing, like all kinds of great news and announcements happening around our sport. Yeah, and I think it's going to continue. You know, there's there's more stuff coming out on a, on a pretty regular basis, and everybody's kind of teasing the fact that, you know, hey, I'm going to have news coming out this week or next week or, you know, like Ron Caps after Gainesville, even though we, you know, kind of burst that bubble. But uh, <laughs> there's just – there's a lot of excitement around the sport right now, you know, with people that are coming back, with people that are coming in, with new things that are happening. Uh, it's a great time to be involved with NHRA. It's certainly a great time to be an NHRA fan. And just to clarify what I said about Tony Stewart – Tony and I have known each other a long time. I don't claim to be his best buddy or anything, but I've, we've known each other for a long time. When he did a couple of the NASCAR broadcasts last year, I believe he was in the booth for some of the Xfinity stuff. And I thought he did a really nice job. At that point, I texted him after the show and I said, hey, man, just want to let you know, you give up announcing or I'm going to take up team ownership. It's, it's just fair, right? You don't come swimming in my pool. I said, what's it pay to be a cup owner anyway? And he said, not enough. He said, what's it pay to be an announcer? And I said, well, not enough. <laughs> and, Everybody's and, safe. Uh, so we we had, you know, kind of a fun little exchange back and forth. And what ended with, I really thought I was off the hook because the last thing he said is, dude, I know the hours you work and I don't want to do that. So I figured, okay, we're good. And then he shows up in the clash and does a spectacular job. Yeah. And he's going to be in Daytona. Sure. And guess what? Going to do a spectacular job. Well, that's going to irritate me enough that once we get this top fuel thing running by remote control, I'm going to go out and buy a cup team or two or three because I'm taking on Stuart Haas. Not necessarily Haas, but I'm taking on Stuart. I love it. I love it. No, I think it's good. He did a great job. He, he um, 
well, the insights, right? Like what, what are they thinking in this moment? And at a track, you know, he's got a wor world of short track experience. And so this was just a new and unconventional short track. I thought that that event was a home run for NASCAR. And I really hope that the creative minds at the NHRA will come up with their version for the future. Not right now, you know, years planning ahead and this kind of stuff. I don't know how. Our cars are different. We don't go in a circle. We go fast in a straight line. We need shutdown area. I don't know. But the different venue, the unconventional venue, and not expecting people to go to you, but you go to the people. I have friends who went to that race that they've never gone to Pomona. They've never gone to Fontana. They're L.A. dwellers. You know what I mean? Like, they don't go out of the city. Why would I ever leave? like Dade County and Miami. Like, why would I ever go to Broward County? It's five minutes, man. No, no, I'm not going north. I got everything where I need right here. That's a mentality of the city dweller. I don't know if it's possible, but if it is, hopefully uh, the creative team at the NHRA is trying to figure out how they can accomplish something similar because I saw no downside to it, except their honorary grand marshals did not come out when prompted at the pre-race show. Well, there was that. And am I the only one that thinks that they need to get custom tailored fire suits? Oh my God. Everybody looked like they were wearing a fire suit that was like three sizes too big. Uh, yeah. But my take on the race, and I watched all of it. Uh, and I watched it. Let's just say I was a little skeptical going in, right? Seems like the track is pretty small. There's not going to be that. Sure. And, uh, and I've always been, you know, I'm a longtime NASCAR follower. I have a lot of friends in that world. And I went into it a little bit on the skeptical side. Uh, I thought, as you said, I think the event was a grand slam. I think the racing was good. They had plenty of drama. They had enough excitement that, you know, there were some ooh and ah moments going on. Uh, everything about it, I really liked. The fact that they kept the show going. And, you know, I know a lot of Saturday night short tracks that, that could learn a little bit from that, right? Go, go, go. You don't need 20-minute break between heat races. You don't need to just... Make sure you got everything organized and go. Get, keep the action going on the track and get the show done. Uh, the one thing, and Joe, you and I have had this discussion every race for the past however many years we've been doing this. My one thing, how do I judge a race? My one thing. If you um, don't know this. Final, the, really final, the final uh, final, no, run, the weather. No, no, no. no sure. Final run, the weather. If you if you didn't like what you see, you've got a whole routine that you say, right? If this is your first time coming, then you, you go, what is it? If that was your first NASCAR experience, would you watch it again? Right. If you didn't know anything, and I, at, at an NHRA race, yes, give us good weather. We'll take it from there. To, but the one thing that I always, it's a pass-fail scale. If this was the first time you experienced an NHRA event, would you come back? And, you know, you go to a race, and if you, a lot of times if the answer is no, then I think you tell the fan, you know, thank you for giving us a chance. You know, we're not for everybody. I get it. Um, but if you came out and you saw a show and you decided this isn't for me, then that's not for you. They said like 70% of that crowd, they believed were first time NASCAR fans. They had never been to a NASCAR event before. If that was your first ever NASCAR experience and you walked out there going, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's, then I'm not sure they got anything for you, but I think that they put on a great show. And I think that, you know, if that was your first ever NASCAR ex experience, I'm not saying that everybody that's there is going to go out to Fontana and buy a ticket, but I bet some of them do. And I would be willing to wager that in Southern California, there's a lot more eyeballs on the Daytona 500 next weekend 
than there has been in the past Absolutely. simply because these fans now got to see what NASCAR is. And now I think they're going to want to see more of it, uh, especially on a different track. And just, you know, since we're just spitballing here. Yes. Um, how about having Greg Anderson and Ron Caps, two NHRA world champions that have direct sponsor ties in NASCAR with HendrickCars.com and with Napa, go do a burnout during the Ice Cube concert or Absolutely. after or before or to kick part off of the to, Tracy you know. Circus. Absolutely, if they want us to be a part of it, because uh, you know I did notice that didn't ask to his coworkers did not ask Tony. At least I didn't see them ask Tony. Like, oh my gosh, Tony, you've got a great new venture in drag racing. Tell us a little bit about that. They shied away from that, but maybe I missed it. That's very possible. But yes, cross pollination of motorsport. We need it. Everybody needs it. Nobody is so big that they can't afford to gain a couple of fans. And uh, I think we should definitely do it. And that's something that, uh, you know, Marcus Smith has been pretty good at over the years. Well, I certainly think, you know, if, if Kyle Larson or if Chase Elliott has an off weekend and is willing to come to an NHRA event to see what we do, to hang out with their NHRA teammates, so to speak, uh, I think we'd love to have them. You know, the Toyota guys have been really good about having some of their NASCAR guys come out and visit us when we're in Charlotte. Now, sometimes it's only on a Friday or because they've got to take off and race the weekend. But they still are doing a little cross-pollination there and having their drivers and their stars come out and see what we do. And I think that I think that's good for everybody. I think there should be more of that going both ways. You know, I don't, I don't think there'd be a whole lot of downside to bringing a couple of cup cars out. And if we wanted to, like, exhibition drag race them, why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. Well, it costs money and everything, but the value of what they did, like how much do you think that whole uh, event cost just to put together the track and like multiple millions of dollars, but the pop that they got was huge. Many people probably think it's somehow connected to the Super Bowl, right? Because the Super Bowl is in LA this weekend as well. NASCAR's there, the ice cube deal. Um, I thought it was perfect, right? Like mix up all your preconceived notions of what NASCAR is or what it might be. Go out there and put on a race that is strictly for entertainment and fun. And, you know, everybody brought it. Some questions about the new car, but uh, we'll talk about that on the NASCAR show. Somebody, which is Monday Ignition is when we cover NASCAR audio only, guys. Billy said, did you see the news about Angel and Eddie? And I did see Eddie tweeted out, for those that don't know, Vance and Hines today announced details of the 2022 campaign. Uh, Andrew Hines will step up to the role of full-time crew chief for the team, and Angel and Eddie will each campaign, uh, campaign Suzuki Hayabusa motorcycles for valve Suzuki engines. Awesome. I did not see that. Um, breaking. This I, is breaking, I think that's like, interesting. I mean, breaking news on WFO. Like, really? I got a tweet. I read the internet. Yep. Andrew has always been as much tuner as he was driver and has always been very, very heavily involved in that side of it. Uh, I think he's going to do an even better job now that he doesn't have the distraction of having to ride the bike and that he can eat a couple of more cheeseburgers if he wants to every week. So that's going to be helpful. Um, interesting that they're going to put Eddie on a Suzuki after, you know, all the development that they did with all the V-twin stuff. And, you know, last year, uh, the big thing was, you know, wait till we build new bikes because the bodywork doesn't quite fit. Da -da -da, we need to build new bikes. Uh, so the fact that they're both going to come back on Suzuki's, I think is kind of interesting too, but, uh, yeah, good. Um, it's, you know, the, the class is going to lose obviously one championship rider, but the Vance and Hines team is going to come out with a double barreled attack. And, uh, I, 
you know, I think that they're going to be right in the middle of the mix as they have been pretty much every year since they've been involved in NHRA, which is well, pretty much every year that motorcycles have been involved in NHRA. But we, we have to like at the same time, it, you know, it, it, the word retirement was not used, but we're losing from the track, the the class's winningest, uh, most prolific current racer, Andrew Hines, a guy who has been so amazing that he's going to become a crew chief. I get it, but that's a that's a big moment. Is it permanent? That is the question. That's what's happening for this year um, as they figure out how to race within certain budgetary constraints or however they want to choose it. Vance and Hines, I think, could afford to do whatever that they want to do. But um, not seeing Drew out there, that's a little bit of a bummer at least for this year as a as a rider yeah he is certainly going to be missed as far as the competition i don't think matt smith is going to miss him uh simply because that's one one more guy he doesn't have to race every week uh, but his expertise is still going to be there he's still going to be around and you know who knows what the future holds if uh sponsor dollars come together and say you know hey we want to do this or we want to do that or we want to do then uh, i you know if, if you said and i haven't seen the release so if you said you know they didn't mention that he's retiring just that he's making a move now that sounds like the door is open for him to move back at some point in the future if he wants to. I think, you know, as long as we're just throwing stuff out, I think we need to put Terry Vance back on a bike. Yes. Yes. And I think Terry could do it. He looks pretty healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could do it. Like, right, like legends. Let's get him out there. Let's get him. Ever. Look, in, in 2022, everybody that loves this sport needs to do whatever it is that they can do or are asked to do to grow this thing this year because NHRA drag racing and drag racing in general is primed for a big pop. This is the product that everybody wants that they don't know that they want just yet, but they're going to want it. And uh, I'm excited. Art says you're right about the fire suits. They look like pajamas. They do look <laughs> a little pajama, a little like a pajama jammy jam. Marcus wants to know, is there any news on Leah and Tony? Like, I don't know where that's going, right? Like, they've, they got married. They formed a team. Tony Stewart drag racing. They're going to the tests. Like, I don't know what new, what other news he might be looking for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I mean, uh, they've, you know, all of their stuff has been pretty public from, uh, you know, the wedding down in Mexico and the time that they've been spending together. And, you know, she's uh, been very active on social media, as she always is posting about, you know, her team and her new sponsors and the stuff and getting ready to go racing. And, you know, Tony's obviously got a lot of stuff on his plate. So uh, I, I don't know any news, but uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Tony and Leah could be any happier or that either one of them could be in a better place right now. I think they're both you know, really loving life right now and, and, you know, certainly enjoying their time together. There it is. Oh, Derek says Vance and Hines is doing a live announcement at two o'clock. They need to wait, man. They need to wait before WFO is over. That's what they need to do. Thanks, Derek, for taking our whole audience and sending them over there. Way to go, bud. That's great. Good job, Derek. No, I'm kidding, Derek. It's all right. You can destroy the show if you want. Uh, do you think it's possible teams will run softer to extend the life of parts to mitigate possible parts shortages? Supply chain question out. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Blake. Wants Joe and to I are going to blow up everything Ron Caps owns. <laughs> Austin Coyle had a theory. He's <coughs> oh, me. he's squeezing you from from home. He's got your throat like they like. Don't might, say it. Might man. be. I don't poured some water it. down. Poured some water down the wrong tube. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <coughs> Austin Coyle had a theory. He said the perfect race car would be one <coughs> that, as it goes down the racetrack, and parts use up their usefulness, they fall off. So that so you're not hauling anything that's no longer 
that's no longer helping you go faster. And so as the car continues to accelerate and more and more parts get used up and just fall off, that when you get to the finish line, it'd be the driver sitting on his butt with a parachute on his back. It'd be the only thing left of the race car. Uh, that that's get, what our top fuel operation is going to look like. That would get a 10 share. And I'm the guy that's going to be in the middle of that. Great. great, great just be great glad it's not a funny car. That's true. That's true. At least I'm in the open air. All right. But final question. Then we'll let you go, Alan. I want you to choke to death here. We're going to hang out on no, Thursday. And poured some water down the wrong pipe. So oh, well, there it is. Blake wants to know the main difference between pro stock cars and comp cars. Blake, who we met, out at uh, at uh, the last race in Atlanta is now asking about this. He'll be in uh, there this uh, in two weekends. The winner. Well, it really depends on the class. You know, there are a lot of comp classes that are very close to pro stock. You know, you look at a B altered, uh, C altered. That's basically a small block pro stock car. And in the ladder climb that is NHRA, just like a lot of drivers go through the alcohol ranks or the A fuel ranks before they go nitro racing, uh, a lot of drivers have gone through the B altered, C altered, and then moved on to pro stock because the cars are so similar. Uh, the biggest difference, obviously, comp is that comp is 75 different classes, right? You can have dragsters in comp and alters in comp and rosers in comp. And, but you can take a pro stock car and very easily convert that into a comp eliminator car. Again, if you want to put it in, you know, a B altered, a C altered or something like that, uh, just by changing the powertrain combination. You know, one of the big things with that is it's weight per cubic inch. So a comp car, the engine size is going to determine what the weight of the car is, and that's going to determine what class you're in. Whereas with pro stock, everybody's the same 2,350 pounds and 500 cubic inch engines. But in a comp car, if you have, say, you have a 350 inch small block, uh, you could put that in a pro stock style car and be a C altered. Or if it's very lightweight car, you could make it a B altered, or you could pile much more weight on it. You can't make it a D because that's a V6 class, but... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, David Nickens had a car back in the day, his his famous Oldsmobile that was amazing. And over the course of the year, I believe they ran it like seven or eight different classes. It was everything from a B altered to a C altered to a G altered to a K altered because it's all weight per cubic inch. And he tells a great story about being out on the West Coast one time and they crushed the index. And it's like, well, crap, now what are we going to do? You know, drive all the way back to Houston or we've got another points race right up the street that we really were planning on going to pick off, but we're not competitive anymore because we just crushed the index. What do we do? Well, the what do we do was how much lead can we find? And they piled lead on the car and turned whatever it was. They turned an I altered into a, or a G altered into an I altered or something uh, just by having the same engine combination, the same everything, but piling so much weight on the car that the car was so heavy, the projects wouldn't pick it up. Every time that they were having to do maintenance, they'd have to have like five guys over there going, okay, everybody on three. And then lock the project so they could work on the thing. But, uh, you know, comp, you can change classes with weight per cubic inch. Pro stock is 2,350 pounds, 500 cubic inches. Uh, but there are certainly a lot of similarities between the altered classes in comp and pro stock, especially okay. the full-bodied altered classes. Okay, important stuff here. Scott wants everybody to join our Patreon group behind the scenes. Thank you, Scott. You know, I'm going to throw that link up in the chat. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, and Billy. Saving the day for Derek. The Vance and Hines announcement is actually 3 p.m., so nobody go rushing off on WFO just yet, according to Billy. Thank you very much, Billy, for saving our audience. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, this guy says, this is shaping up to be one of the most exciting NHRA seasons of all time. I can't wait to watch it unfold, and we'll be at a couple of events with our top alcohol dragster as well, hoping to hear Alan say, to the top. 
for us during one of the qualifiers. Great show, guys. I wish I knew who that was. They should be watching on YouTube. Well, all you got to do is go to the top, and uh, I'll be more than happy to more than happy to take care of that for you. No, I'm I'm looking forward to everything. I think it. Uh, I think we're poised to have a terrific year. Um, I think that you know, it's going to be very bittersweet when we just have to say goodbye to Houston, but that'll come up a little bit later in the year. Uh, I keep hearing that you know there's some talk going around about you know potentially new venues or old venues that may come back online, and you know that's a continuing thing. So. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for the year. I want to get uh, I want to get to Phoenix this week and and get up there and watch some testing and, and kind of get my feet back in the water again. And I really look forward to getting to Pomona and getting it started. And when it starts, it's going to start pretty quick. You know, we go to Pomona, then Phoenix, then one week off. And if you're a sportsman fan on that one week off, there's going to be a double divisional at Wild Horse Pass in Phoenix and the baby Gators going on down at Gainesville. And then we've got the Gators. And at that point, I mean, we're knee deep into the season. So let's get it going. All right. So this is what's important about WFO Radio and why hopefully everybody is constantly subscribing and recruiting new listeners to the YouTube channel or our podcast feeds so you can listen to the audio or the video. But those of you listening to the audio right now, you're going to have to go see the video because this is going to be a visual thing. When I get this, I know something's up. Jerron Settles, the flying airbrush. Check your email, Joe. And I did while Alan was talking. We have the flexibility to do crazy stuff. Are you ready for the debut of the new Sean Langdon flying airbrush helmet? Sure. Absolutely. Here it comes. Bang. First scene. Obviously, the new sponsor. This is the Gainesville helmet. CMR. They were on board. We did a great interview with them out in Vegas last year. Coletta Motorsports has brought them on. Check out the back. And this is the new creation by Jerron Settles, the flying airbrush. First time it's been seen by the public. And uh, you can see the guy has done a great job. Once again, another sure shot by the flying airbrush. Artwork, just like everything that Jerron does. And CMR Construction and Roofing, uh, they've been involved with the Coletus for a couple of years. They're stepping up their commitment even more this year. So that's awesome. That's, uh, yeah, no, no pressure or anything, Sean. They want to see you holding that in the winter circle. Yeah. And I, you know, thanks to Sean for allowing Jerron to debut the helmet on WFO radio, assuming he actually asked for permission. You know, the <laughs> artist somehow, right. The artists somehow they have a uh, first right of refusal, I guess they can do what they want, but I think, thank you, Jerron. I appreciate it. That definitely makes up for the other day. Scott wants to know about the Mustang, Alan. I'm not up on this. Someone asked about, you know, you had a tire problem. You thought it was a sensor problem. Um, something going on. I, I don't, I'm not up on this. There was a bunch of Alan, personal, definite Twitter feed questions. And I didn't oh, know no, no, no. what were they? No, yes. I had a flat on the Mercedes yesterday. Ah, okay. When no. I, uh, when I went out and got in the car, uh, to come to the shop yesterday morning, I started it up and the dashboard showed the tire pressures as I believe it was 36, 34, 34 and zero. And, uh, you know, zero is not, uh, functional, but, uh, no, that just uh, had an nail in tire. So, Fortunately, I had air at the house. I aired it up and took it to my local tire guy, and he fixed it, and we're ready to rock. Back was, on the road. Did the question say, was the Mustang fixed? Yes, that was it. I was, I was conflating the oh. two because I had no idea what uh, about your Mustang deal. Is the Mustang fixed now? The Mustang is not fixed, no. And I'm assuming that that uh, probably relates to the tire that came apart on it, whatever yes. it's been, a couple months ago. But, uh, no, I've got uh, – the car is drivable. It's just like ugly, especially on the left front where it tried to tear the fender off. Uh, so for now, uh, because this is the kind of time of year when I can drive the car, 
And you know what? I'm not embarrassed about driving it with a little fender damage because of the tire. And I'm also still hoping that I'm going to be able to get it out to the racetrack. If somebody comes down here and goes testing that I can go out and, and take it out and make a couple of hits with it. So it's, uh, you know, I've talked to my body guy. I know who's going to fix it. The guy that I've been dealing with for years for my paint and body stuff here. Uh, so I've talked to him. And when we get into the racing season uh, and he's, you know, maybe got a lull, that's when it's going to go over to his place. So uh, he can get it in and out. And it'll be at a time of the year when I won't be missing it. And I'm seriously considering, I haven't determined yet, but I'm seriously considering pulling the engine out of it at that time too. Because there's a couple of things. It's running fine. It's doing everything fine. But there's a couple of things in the engine that it's like, you know, uh, talking to you know, guys like Lake Speed and talking to guys like Jason Line, it's like, you know, the next time you have that thing apart, you should look at dot, dot, dot. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should just do that uh, because of what the car is. You know, it's not my transportation. I don't need it to get back and forth to work. I don't need it to get to the races. I need American Airlines for that. Uh, <clears throat> so if it's going to be in the body shop for, you know, six weeks anyway, that might be a good time to pull the engine out of it because I don't believe the body shop needs to have an engine in it to fix fenders. So uh, anyway, we'll see. But no, the Mustang is not fixed. Uh, it is running, driving, and ready to go. And uh, it has brand new shoes on it. Thank you to Mountain View Tire and Auto Centers. Um, and I paid for them. Okay, I paid for them. Of course, of course. Everybody. Otherwise, come but, on. Uh, what are we talking about? But I, I am a big believer, like you're talking about, you know, going looking at Pet Boys for your purchase because they got, I'm a big believer in spending my money with people that are involved in NHRA. And if I have a choice between parts store A that's not involved in NHRA or parts plus that is a big sponsor of Clay Millikens, that's where I'm spending my money. So, you know, at the time when I needed tires for this, I, uh, I reached out to Paul at Mountain View and he said, here's what I got. Here's what it's going to cost. And I said, if you can bring those to Vegas, that'd be great. And he did. So that was you know, obviously toward the end of last year. Amazing. Craig Galtier out there ready to get code red out there and try to get that super stock win. What a, what a, you know, tough deal last year, crashed a car, went and found a new car, got back out there, finished the season. I'm sure he's ready to go. I just love seeing all these Lucas Oil Series racers and everybody like ready to go and uh, and start racing, whether it be Bell Rose, whether it be uh, South Georgia Motorsports Park, Division Two this coming weekend. Like there's a lot going on. A lot of our great friends, Dave and Sue Morris, they're going to be out there. It, it, it hopefully won't be too cold, right? Like that's something that could happen, but I don't think is expected to happen in the Lucas Oil Series. We'll be covering it all, talking about a lot of it. Eric wants to know if you're going to Woodburn this year, though. Is that a, a thing? I, I don't know yet, but I do have it penciled in uh, on my calendar. It is not a national event conflict weekend. And, you know, one thing contractually, uh, the national events for me have to come first. But, uh, you know, that's not a national event conflict weekend. And uh, assuming that the severances would like to have me back up there, I'd love to go. It's I, I just it's just a fun event. It's you know, it's it's your classic. You know, they threw a party and a drag race broke out almost. So uh, it but it's it's a great racetrack. Uh, the staff that runs the place is terrific. The Division Six racers are all great. And uh, it's a really, really fun weekend for me. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the week before Denver. So it would be, you know, kind of a. A uh, little fun, relaxed tune-up for the Western Swing, as it were. The Swing. Jerron out there. He goes, I'm not ready yet, but I'll be racing Pomona, Phoenix, Phoenix, and Gainesville. See you guys there. That's right, Jerron. Good job. Appreciate you. And uh, there you go. If hardcore, then you got to come back to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, well, burn the diesel fuel. Come on, Jerron. I think he will. Like, they're, they're big in Vegas. 
Like Actually, the whole, in Vegas, like, I think all he's got to do is fly back out, right? Doesn't he have a right. car sitting there waiting? The Ted Weens tire and auto yeah. Yeah. conglomerate, they've got a car for Jerron <laughs> ready to go for that one. But uh, who knows? Maybe he's gunning for the championship this year. Uh, we shall see. Uh, final thoughts, Alan, as we get ready. Everybody in Bradenton is missing Joe Costello. Sorry, Art, getting ready to head out west on Thursday morning. But, yes, things going on in Bradenton, the big sick week, driving around, everybody going. Kevin McKenna was out there. Everyone, There's so much going on at this time of the year in my part of the country and your part of the country because it's not snowing. And uh, everybody needs to make plans for next year, whether it be to come down to one of these great events, the national out there in Arizona, of course, the winter nationals, both um, make your plans because this is typically the way the weather works every year in Arizona and Florida in the wintertime. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's great. If you've got the vacation time and you're a hardcore fan, you know, you literally can go to Pomona. It's about a four and a half hour drive from Pomona to Phoenix. You know, there are certainly things to do from a from a tourist standpoint, Absolutely. whether you want to hang around Southern California for a day or two or whether you want to come over Phoenix and, and check out the Valley or Arizona. There's plenty of tourist stuff that you can check out for a day or two and you can pick off two races to start the season off. And, you know, in a matter of about 10 days, it's uh, if you're a good hardcore drag racing fan. Come on. Like I said, four and a half hour drive or about an hour flight. And so it's uh you know, the transportation side of it is pretty simple. And that's that's uh, that's like a best-kept secret in drag racing, like back-to-back events. It's just a totally different vibe. Like you've experienced one, you experienced two. Like it, it just changes it being able to go to two races uh, on consecutive weekends and kind of travel with the tour. I didn't really understand that until I started doing it. And, and you start seeing people, right? There's a lot of people that do that. That's not an alien thing. Really? Go to back-to-back races? Yes, absolutely. You really get to know everybody. Alan, great job. Uh, can't wait to see you on Thursday. Big test out there, Wild Horse Pass, then the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals next week. Uh, we'll exchange notes. Thank you for doing this. Three things. Yes. I uh, want to send best wishes to Gary Stennett. I understand yes. that he's doing better. Uh, he is you know, still, uh, still fighting, but I understand that he's doing better. And I heard that uh, he actually reached out and spoke to a couple of guys yesterday so that is really good news gary we're all uh, we're all pulling for you yes, thing gary. two on a much much happier note did you see that bob fry was inducted into i believe the eastern motorsports hall of fame uh over the weekend so you know bob who's been you know was stood behind a microphone or held the microphone for 40 some odd years in drag racing uh worked for every sanctioning body you know here, long overdue by the way there's a hall of fame he's gone in already what uh, Here's how you've got a history in drag racing. Bob Fry announced the NASCAR Winter Nationals. Oh, my goodness. And what year was that? Yes, that was the thing. Um, You know, way, way back when NASCAR actually looked at sanctioning drag racing and getting involved and and put together. I I think they only did it like one or two years. Connie Coletta actually won the race uh, the first year that they did it down in Florida. But anyway, Bob Fry. Uh, inducted into, and I believe it was the Eastern Motorsports Hall of Fame, uh, but there's a story about it on uh, Drag Race Central if anybody wants to check it out. So congratulations to Bob. I think that's uh, I think that's awesome being recognized for all of the work that he did. And you didn't make a Super Bowl pick. Oh, yeah. No, I, well, I did. It was on ignition, but I will, let's do it. That's a good point. Way to go, Alan. Good job. Bring us back to reality. Um, okay, real, you know, like these, these teams, who was expecting this, right? I'm going to go with the Bengals. Joe Burrow, this guy is a uh, next level talent. He is Joe Namath reincarnated, except Joe Namath hasn't yet passed away. That's how amazing <laughs> Joe Burrow is. 
And, uh, you know, the people of Cincinnati, right? I've seen them. They've gone twice in my lifetime. They've come up short a couple of times. They are diehard football fans. They've been given this opportunity. And I'd like to see the, the great people of Ohio uh, cash this one and get to enjoy uh, the thrill of another championship. So then Cleveland and Cincinnati will have both won world championships in just a couple of years. And, uh, and they get to drink from the chalice of victory. No offense. Los Angeles Rams fans, uh, but I'm going with Joey Burrow and the Bengals, me and my little nephew. Okay. I'm going for Cincinnati too, and I don't even have a long explanation. I just yeah. uh, look at what they've done in the playoffs and especially what they've done in the second half. I, you know, I think that uh, if if it's a three-point game at halftime, you know, Cincinnati seems to really show up in the second half, but uh, the, neither one of them are particularly my teams. I don't yeah. have any animosity towards either one of them either. Uh, what I'm pulling for more than anything is what we've seen the last couple of weeks in the playoffs. I want a good game. And we've seen some great football the last couple of weeks. If it's a great game, I'll be happy. Uh, I'm kind of pulling for Cincinnati. But uh, and in the grand scheme of uh, did you happen to see the story? I, I, just, I don't know why this popped into my head. Do you know who Mattress Mac is down in Houston? Yes. Yeah, we talked about it on Ignition. Absolutely. Uh, $4 million. <laughs> this guy's a genius, though. He's hedging his own. He's hedging. Tell the story, Alan. Not everybody uh, listens to Ignition, although they should. Well, Mattress Mac is a furniture dealer down in Houston. Big furniture dealer. And anybody that lives in a big store has got somebody like this, right? Every week, this is on sale, that's on sale, this is on sale, that's on sale. Huge inventory, does tremendous business. Big furniture dealer, also a huge sports fan. And he started a promotion once the two teams were set uh, a week ago or 10 days ago now that... If you buy $3,000 worth of furniture from Gallery Furniture between now and the Super Bowl, if the Bengals win, your furniture's free. If the Rams win, you got to pay for your furniture. But if the Bengals win, your furniture's free. And then in order to hedge the bet, he bet $4.5 million on the Bengals to win. Yeah, the other side. If they do win, he'll win whatever, 3.7, I think, or whatever the payout was. Um, and obviously that will cover the furniture bill. If he loses, uh, then people are going to have to be paying their furniture. And he certainly is hoping that they bought $4 million worth of furniture. I'm guessing that Saturday night, they'll be looking at the books going, okay, I really need these guys to win or these guys to win. Yeah, so I either way, mattress but I just thought it was, yeah, I mean, it's either genius or insanity. It's or both. both. Well, we're talking about it, right? Here we do a fun little motorsports show in our little <laughs> drag racing universe. And we all know who mattress Mac is like, that's, and that's what the Bush class was, the out-of-the-box style promotion that captures attention and imagination. And we need more of it, and we're doing more of it, and it's going to be great. I am, uh, I am excited. And uh, obviously, the big game. And then it's drag racing time. Yep. I'm uh, in Phoenix for the three days. I'm coming home on Saturday evening because I'm uh, planning to watch the watch the big game at home and yell and scream at my TV like I normally do. So, uh and then at that point, it'll be, you know, one last load of laundry, put everything in a suitcase and get ready to blast over to Pomona. Love it. It was JP Gutierrez. JP, thank you very much for switching to YouTube. And look, now we can see his comment just like that. How great was that? Uh, appreciate it. Was, Caleb never checked in, but Caleb. Yeah, there it know. is. There it is. He yelled at me for wearing a different tool company shirt. This is my timing light that I used today for a prop to explain that things. That was, right purchased. Here on WFO. that was purchased by Alan Reinhardt, by the way. It's not like, uh, you know, he chooses the tools. I bet I, I bet I bought that 20 years ago. 
I mean, it's, you know, an electronic advanced light. It's a, you know, but uh, I bought it a long time ago. If I didn't buy that, if I didn't buy that when I was at Sun Mechanical, I might have bought that. I don't know. I bought it a long time ago. That's and it. Uh, I have used it many, many times. A craftsman takes care of his tools. Good job, Alan. All right. I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you so much for uh, spending a little time. Oh, look at this guy. Remember the Oilers and Dan Pastorini. He wants to sure. know if we remember. Of course we remember Dan Pastorini. I remember Dan Pastorini driving a top fuel car. Yeah, that's what we remember about Dan. He what? He played football? What? No, I knew that. Come the quarterback on. sneak, man. How can you forget that? Pastorini. All right, Alan, great job. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. Travel safe, and uh, I'll see you in Phoenix. Looking forward to having a cocktail. Yes, I love that idea. All right, Alan, take care. See you soon. See you. Here he goes, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week on Tuesday. And this is a tradition that goes back to 2005 when I was on XM Satellite Radio, maybe 2006, uh, where we had the first nationwide drag racing theme broadcast on XM Satellite Radio. And now uh, here we are on WFO, streaming around the world with listeners in Australia and the UK, all around. It has been uh, really amazing. And thank you to all the listeners around the world. Appreciate you. I want you guys to put a couple of comments into the comment section before we get on out of here. We're about to bust out. Don't worry. I know many of you have been watching for over an hour. Uh, podcast listeners later in the day, thank you very much. A couple of things I want to touch on, uh, but I want... I want two predictions in the comment section, if you don't mind. One, your Super Bowl pick. But two, two, um, a, 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 an out-of-the-world, uh, out-of-this-way, dark horse uh, prediction for the 2022 NHRA season, right? What we would call a bold prediction on WFO. A bold prediction. Super Bowl pick, bold prediction. But right now, I got to tell you about the people who genuinely make it possible for me to do this show. Like for instance, our merch store, WFO radio's merch store. You can go to WFORadio.com and get yourself shirts and hoodies and iPhone cases and all kinds of new designs are being uploaded on a fairly regular basis. WFORadio.com. The store is there. It is ready for you and our Patreons. It's just amazing to me that they 60 people now, are part of our VIP listener club behind the scenes. They choose whatever tier they want to be involved in. And this is how I'm getting to the test. Honestly, the Patreons are sending me to the test and I'm covering the test because them and for them. So if you would like to join the VIP listener club, go to WFORadio.com, click on Patreon, or I just put the link up in the chat section not long ago. Check it out. See if it's for you. Reach out to some other patrons. See if they like it. They get stuff. Uh, last night, our Ignition show, you can listen. They get to participate and direct the show, um, giving them as much as I possibly can to make them feel like they're getting value out of their uh, purchase, their support of WFO. Because after all, what is it mostly? It's a community. It's a community of people that really love this stuff, drag racing, and want to support each other. And that's what's up. And Reinhardt talking about the baby gators. I'm already thinking about the next time I'm going to go racing. And does anybody... Bracket race, a 2005 Pontiac GTO out there. Anybody uh, got any tips for consistency? I got two chances to win this race, uh, to win a race at Palm Beach. And uh, I'm really going for it. That is my plan. Also want to shout out to Competition Plus. They will be streaming the test. Nitro Spring Training, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or you go to Competition Plus to find out. Bobby Bennett has been a great supporter of WFO over the years. They're going to be streaming the test. So if you want to watch, Competition Plus is the place. 
So thanks to them. Thanks to everybody who supports our show. Shout out to our sponsors, the people who make it possible. I'm talking about Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. Matt Hartford's going to test. I wonder if Keith Jones will still be working in the, in the shop. But if you're looking for rings, if you do not yet know that over 40% of your engine's friction comes from your rings, and the job of the ring is to keep you know the gas on top and the oil on the bottom, you've got a lot to learn. Total Seal can help you. And they can create a ring package for your combination, regardless of what it is. Do you have a 3,000 horsepower streetcar that you're out there trying to drive around? That is not uncommon to them. Make them your first call. Go to TotalSeal.com to find out more information. And Samtech.edu. Appreciate these guys for a long time. The School of Automotive Machinists and Technology, Brian Massengill, did such a great job with Factory Showdown over the years. Got it launched. Got it sponsored. Became a thing. And so many of their graduates are actually in the sport of NHRA drag racing. Saw Travis a little bit earlier. He is a grad of Samtech involved in drag racing. Great stuff. Call Brian Massengill if you're interested in going to the school. FTIperformance.com. That's the website. Hit it. Check it out. Learn a little bit about it. Who uses FTI? As the season goes on, we are going to introduce you to the different people that win with FTI performance converters and transmissions. They're located in Deland, Florida, and they have had such tremendous success over their uh, you know, past 10 years or so, burst onto the scene, winning big money bracket races, and some of the best in the business are using FTIperformance.com. Uh, if you are in the .90 categories and thousandths of a second matter and repeatability matters, check them out, FTIperformance.com, and Obviously, tell them you heard about it on WFO. And I know everybody's got their relationships, right? But if you're hearing about it on WFO uh, so far, it's good. Let's put it that way. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School is a perfect example. FrankHawley.com, one of the great intellects in drag racing. And you can get time with him for $399 and go make a half track and two full track passes and have fun and basically an adrenaline experience with Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Um, what's better than that? You show up with the clothes on your back and you leave with the experience of a lifetime. FrankHawley.com. Uh, appreciate everybody. Also, if you want something for free from me, I will send you WFO radio stickers, but you got to do all the work. Castello Media slash WFO stickers, P.O. Box 848-353, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33084. And I've got, uh, I've got some envelopes around here that I got to stuff. We're waiting for our next load of pictures or stickers. All right, let's see what the final comments are as we get ready for uh, the Super Bowl. Let's see. Let us see. Oh, here come the predictions, right? Okay, this one. Mattress Mac does so good for the community. Communities during bad times, bless him. Absolutely, Mattress Mac. Good job. Old school rules. Yeah, that one. I don't know what that was in reference in. Camry wins one. That's exactly what I'm talking about. People were talking about Rookie of the Year. We said we're not going to talk about it until Gainesville. Camry Caruso. We had Camry on the show just a couple of weeks ago. You should go back into the archive. Uh, people told me that they loved watching Camry on WFO uh, because, you know, we spent a little longer with her than a lot, a lot of other people uh, did. Like, like she was on for a half hour or so. And she really, you know, came across well. And that's exciting. And so Captain Lucky says Camry's going to win one. Always love the Tuesday show with Alan. Have a great time in AZ. Thank you, Monica. Good job, guys. Nikki, 
Did you hear that Caitlyn Jenner owns a W Series team now? Uh, she's been to a few NHRA races. I remember that a couple of years ago. I do. I did not know about that, but now I know. Thank you, Nikki, who does her own podcast. And it is uh, critically acclaimed. Bengals, Justin Ashley, places top five in the countdown. Not a bold prediction, Jim. Jim Essex. Uh, I got to tell you, I think that Justin would be disappointed if that's how he finishes. Right? He did that already. Justin Ashley. But the Bengals, I like that. No, I'm expecting big things out of Justin. I'm thinking, I'm, they don't discount that team for a championship run. There were a couple of moments last year where, you know, kind of had Torrance in the corner. And maybe if things had gone a little bit different at Bristol, you know, who knows? But um, that was last year. Bengals win the Super Bowl. Angel wins the Pro Stock Motorcycle World Championship. Is that a bold prediction? Yeah, it's been a while. I'll give you that one. Way to go, Randall. Bengals, Torrance, Height, Erica. You know that Elite and Erica is going to be back for vengeance this year. I just wonder uh, at what point do the new crop of stars, like the Joe Burrows of Pro Stock, um, do they make now their time? That's the question. For the Greg Andersons, Erica has got a great future. Erica has already got so many championships, but these young racers did the, you know, how much did they learn last year that they can apply to this year? You got to come close before you can win one. Dallas Glenn, Kyle Koretsky, Aaron Stanfield. It's, it's getting, it's getting harder every year. It's getting harder. That's my question, but you can never pick against E. She's always great. It's just every year it gets harder. Be interesting to see. Everybody's picking the Bengals, guys. That's not good. Against the grain for personal gain. If everybody picks the Bengals, that means the Rams are winning. I think you all know that. Bengals, Proc and Tobler, Pimp Cup, Magic. Love that, JP. Absolutely. Crunk Cup. In effect. Good that Tobler still got that. We'll get him on here. Maybe him and Joe will come on side by side. Scott, Rams, Brittany, top fuel champion. Can you imagine if Torrance's four championships are bookended by multiple championships, two championships by Brit? Wow. That would be a conversation to have. Um, I just want everybody to be out there and wear their gear. Wilkerson, funny car champ. No football pick. A very popular pick right there. Rams, Austin Proc. I like it, Mike. I like it. Great job, Joe. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much for covering the test, Joe. We're so ready for the start of the season. Mopar, man, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Alyssa, Craig Galtier, hi. Wow. Look at Craig. Uh, Greg will win the Gators. Okay. I'll message you. I have two friends that race GTOs like yours. Yes, Jeff. Yes. Okay. Now I've got my starting line spot and I got my tires and I feel confident in the car, but there's always little consistency tricks that the uh, longtime bracket racers and runners of these cars know that they could easily share with a full-time announcer guy who is an occasional racer who only has two races remaining at his local track to get a win in there. And so help me. Somebody help me. That's it. Uh, Alyssa says, uh, Erica, she's down with E. Down with E. How do you pick against Erica this year? After what happened last year, she could win all the races. 
right? Uh, Monica, Bengals and Austin Proc, so many drivers to choose from. Yes, it's very tough. Josh Hart has got the big contest going on, by the way. Go to his social. Josh Hart and Justin, the finals for the Gators. That will be interesting. Dallas Glenn will be low qualifier. Not a bold prediction. Bum, bum. Josh uh, Haskett will be a contender uh, also having great success over the years when testing uh, or Josh last year did well when uh, testing, when, when is testing starting Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday is open to the public, but you must have a ticket to the Arizona nationals dragster. Jeff, who joined us on the ignition show, we got to see inside his shop. I have the Rams covering and hope this scores land on my numbers. Yeah. Playing the boxes game. Everybody's got it. You obligated to some sort of gambling on Super Bowl weekend. We all made our proper bets last night on Ignition. I encourage you to listen. JFR wins top fuel and funny car world championships this year, says Troy. Wow. That would be cool. Top fuel is going to be tough this year. Clearly. Cam Foray sidelined due to losing the major sponsor due to corporate restructure. Uh, he and uh, Patent Racing looking for a partner so they can race. Thank you for that. Derek. You know, I think I've been very clear about Cam and Cam is one of those guys. First of all, I'm not worried about Cam and I'm not worried about Peyton Racing because, uh, you know, they've got the equipment already. They just got to go out and find that money. And, you know, Cam is a talent. He's one of those people who the day that he gets a consistent uh, financial supporter, is going to do big things in the sport of drag racing. And he knows it. And I think we all know it. It's about finding that consistent financial support for a guy like Cam, who's a, you know, young guy, married, a dad, he's got real genuine responsibilities, but he's not going to quit his drag racing dream. He's gone too far already. And um, he needs, he needs what we say on the show all the time, like somebody to, want to be the one that puts him over the top. Someone with financial resources has got to take an interest and say, look, man, we're going to build a program with this guy. He's, he's young. He's fresh. He's exciting. He's got a good attitude. He's not afraid of anybody and he's talented behind the wheel. And he's really barely gotten to even show it in a, a situation, various situations. Someone's going to have to step up. That's what it is. And over the years, every racer, John Force, go talk to him. John, who were the people that stepped up for you and wrote you a check that got you to the next level? That's what Cam needs. You know, banging around out there, running occasional races. Um, last year, at the end of the year, they had their best, they had their best deal going. Corporate restructure. Okay, but there's other corporations out there. That's my thoughts on Cam. You guys know that. Kelly on her bike looking strong. Clay Milliken. I was thinking about Clay. I want to reach out to Clay. I have no doubt Clay is going to win. And now that Clay is trying to set up uh, grudge races against uh, Justin Swanstrom on uh, Street Outlaws, No Prep Kings, like Top Fuel versus uh, NPK car. Clay, like this guy is massive. Can't wait. See Clay do well. Rams and Doug. Joey Burrow. Is from an impoverished area in Ohio. He has so done so much for the food pantry in that area. Um, great to hear that. Honestly, I don't know too much about Joe Burrow except for the talent and the swag. And he's obviously a good-looking kid, and he's talented. Um, but I, I can tell you there's a lot of people 
from those areas of the country that, you know, they are tough, tough people. And that's why, like nothing against the people of Los Angeles, but they've enjoyed many, many titles over many, many years. They've experienced the glory. A lot of people really believe that they don't even care about football in LA. They didn't even have a team for a while. Um, the Natty, come on. If you love the underdog story, it's a city of underdogs. Come on, Natty, do it. And then maybe someday the poor, pathetic Miami Dolphins can get their act together. No, they got uh, Mike McDaniel now. Very, a total catastrophe of a story with, you know, previous coach Brian Flores, who none of us wanted to, no fans wanted to see him get fired. Nobody wanted to see that. That was unusual and now there's a lawsuit and he he says that they offered him money to lose games to try to get the number one draft pick who was joe burrow by the way so depending on your ethical makeup like maybe that would have been a good idea to take the money and get joe burrow but this guy wouldn't do it right he didn't want to do that ethics wise he it was wrong it was against the rules it was against his personal code he wouldn't do it and that um you know, but I can't control any of that. Now we got Mike McDaniel from the um, the Niners offensive coordinator who went to Yale and is like a genius. And hopefully one day the Dolphins will get back there again. So me and may he rest in peace. My great buddy, John Knapp can be happy. Scott says, great show, Joe. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. My Rick and Morty buddy. Bengals, Erica, Doug Coletta, Hagen. So you're saying, Jim, that Tony Stewart drag racing is going to win a championship in their first year of existence. I'm sure they would like that. Uh, I don't do sports, but I'm from uh, St. Louis, so no to the Rams. He's against the Rams. All I would imagine St. Louis people are. What's Jason Line doing? What's Jason Line doing? I feel like he's doing what he did last year, which is, uh, you know, behind the scenes, building power, tuning, and uh, he'll get drafted into some, coming to some races. And maybe he'll run some stock eliminator. Scott Malpass, uh, hope you guys are having fun. Wish I was in Orlando, but yeah, he's not. With that whole sick week drive around thing that is going. Um, and to anybody that's a WFO listener out there on that, we encourage you to have fun and be safe. Uh, Steve Brenwald from Brenwald Media is covering it, and he'll be tweeting out some pictures, I believe, when they head his way. They're going to stop by Garlet's Museum, which is uh, super exciting. Everybody's going to go there. There's going to be a car show at Garlet's. And uh, if you didn't see Big Daddy on WFO last week, it was great. Garlet's was great. We previewed all the Hall of Fame inductees March 10th. I will be the host. If you want to go, you can go. Tickets are $110. Reach out to Chuck at the Museum of Drag Racing. Tell him you want a ticket. And uh, you're going to be there Thursday night, March 10th. And come on out and see Scotty Cannon get inducted. Tim Richards get inducted. Rick Stewart get inducted. It's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. To all of our listeners, first-time listeners, thank you so much. Appreciate you. I love this sport. I love drag racing. And the fact that we are all getting together on a regular basis, WFO, um, this is this is what I always dreamed. And the community is building, and it's growing. And we got you know companies like Total Seal and FTI on board and reaching out to more, having some great conversations with people who are like, well, what, do you, what is this that you guys are doing? It's, it's something up. There is. There is. Drag Racing 2022, getting ready to launch. Derek, great show today. Got to go to work. We all got to go to work. The real work starts as soon as I stop this stream. If you're going to be out there at Wild Horse Pass, shout out to me. I'll be there. We're going to have a good time. Get it all started as 
the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season. Can kick off right the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals next weekend. This weekend, the test. It'll be on Comp Plus. Thanks to Alan Reinhardt. Thanks to Jerron for sharing the debut of Sean Langdon's Gainesville helmet with CMR. Thank you so much. We got any racers that can help Pete out there? Pete rolled, guys. That's a car that rolled. Okay? Uh, for a car that rolled, it could be a lot worse. Somebody needs to get Pete a ride. And let's make it, you know, WFO. Make it happen. Final comment out there. Awesome show today. Thank you for the great compliments. Thank you, Jim. Thanks to all of our listeners. Way to go, race fans. We'll see you next time right here on WFO Radio. No show tomorrow. I'm going to the iDoc.